was as if he'd kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Kia ora and good and over to Today Radio. Let's Talk Sport in Studio 4, Kirschberg, the headquarters of Let's Talk Sport. Tonight is show number 170. That's 30, only 30 more uh, episodes before we hit the big 2-0. Going pretty well, that is for sure. Bit mild and cold. I won't say too cold, but mild, mild and wet is the weather. Um, and it brings me a little bit ironic because tonight in the studio with me, I have Krista Eriksson, who is the national coach or our national coach of ice hockey in Luxembourg. Good evening, Krista. Thank you for joining me uh, at, at Let's Talk Sport today. It's just the two of us because Scott's away. Good evening. That's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, d- delighted. Now, we, g- we got you in here, which is quite... Um, Oh, what's the? I'm, I'm trying to think of a word. We've got you in here so close to the uh, well, the derby on the weekend, the tornado and and Beaufort. Did you get a decent sort of crowd down there, being so close to the school holidays? It was it was a a, a game, uh, interesting game because it's it's uh, I discovered Beaufort last season and it's uh, it's a fantastic place with a lot of fans, and uh, this time we was. Much stronger than, than than Beaufort, but hockey is going quick and and uh, the score can be big sometimes. We we're gonna play them in fourteen days at home in in uh, in Luxembourg and we will see that's a new game. Yep, I believe the score was nine nine two, wasn't it? That was the nineteen two. Nineteen two. So yeah. even a little bit more yeah. one sided than what I uh, clearly misread, but it clearly didn't have my my glasses. Do you do you think? Um, uh, Beaufort will, I don't say necessarily bounce back, but do you think they'll take some uh, harsh lessons and, and come out with a little bit more venom in a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a it's a good team organization. It's good guys, good coach. They they will be back for that game in in Luxembourg. It's a little bit different too because we play in two different leagues, and and our league is probably a little bit stronger for the moment. And you know, it's it's like uh, cycles. Uh, now we are in a strong cycle with with uh, Luxembourg, and may, maybe they have a little bit more difficult this season. Uh, they had the, the the problem with um, the ice rink, which is not open so many months a year, so they have difficult to prepare themselves. We had a good preparation, but uh, as as a national coach for Luxembourg, I, I I would like that we are helping each other to grow. Yeah, absolutely. So one of those things that we can we can do in, in Luxembourg, we're so, cl- we're so close as well. The rink up in Beaufort's fabulous, isn't it? Like it's covered, it is it is outdoor, very unique. Are you familiar with such uh, such rinks like Beaufort? It reminds me of my young, uh, youngness <laughs> <laughs> when I was in Sweden. We had the rinks without, uh, we just covered the, 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 the roof and no, no, no walls. 
it's for sure it's it's complicated for them because they don't have eyes so long time but it's it's really familiar there and i like the atmosphere and i i i see they working hard yeah, to get very, it and i hope they're going to get a ring soon very fortunately scott uh, my colleague who's not with us tonight and i were very fortunate to go up there and and um and drop the puck let, let's say so we um and it was a bit cold he was in his toms he, he wasn't well prepared the lad and uh and and we we made ourselves very uh, at home in this little um cabin, cabin which yeah. has got a bar and it, it really yeah. made us uh, feel like we were at a nice hockey game and if there's anyone listening you got to get yourself up to Beaufort in, in that little uh, cabin there grab yourself a beer watch some ice hockey hopefully if it's a, uh, the tornado Beaufort match and there'll be a, a decent derby that is for sure as I was saying, it is cold. Uh, it, it is cold. It is mild and wet, and it is show number seventy. And we always start off with, the, uh, with that number. And how can we relate it to uh, to sport? Now, Krista, meet you downstairs there this morning, and you and you're not the tallest um, athlete in the fi- in the field, but you have got, I would say, and I'm going to find out your height in a li- in a little more in a little moment. There's someone in common. I think that many sports people that you've got in, in common, one of them, Lionel Messi and Spud Webb, who played oh, in the 80s and 90s basketball. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. I think he played for Atlanta Hawks back in the day. Are a metre 70, yeah. which is show number 170. They are in height, five foot seven it is in, in, in American terms or even in uh, c- Canadian terms. You'll be familiar with that, of course, with, with ice hockey. What's your height, Krista? 170. 170. There we have it. There we have it. <laughs> but, we but, got on the money. What a night. But it stopped there, the comparison. <laughs> huh? The comparison stopped there. <laughs> there we have it. Well, there is something you've got in, uh, got in common with the infamous Spud Webb from basketball. Lionel Messi, the Argent- uh, Argentinian striker, of course. Five foot seven, 170 centimetres. Uh, Mario Gomez, one of Bundesliga's legends, he scored 170 goals in the in the Bundesliga in a total of 328 matches. So it's one of the highest. I believe he is ninth or tenth on the all-time Bundesliga uh, strike. I think the, the 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 highest is I think it's 190. I believe. Wow. Staying close to 117 it's not it's very close it's only 169 days until the olympics kicks off in paris so we're looking forward to that we know that um patricia van der vecken of course the our 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 sprinter who 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 raced very well uh in in the weekend and she she won a won an event in in paris we know that she's already qualified for the olympics so congratulations to uh, patricia um in 2023 a group of oxford university medical students they're part of the tingewick society they battled intense rain as they rode from oxford to London for charity in the distance of 170. There we go. Thank you very, very much. And whilst I was doing a little bit of um, research on the the penultimate topic of this, there is an ultra tour mountain race. They call it a UTMC, which is probably um, what well, makes sense, doesn't it? I never learnt of that um, until I went, uh, or until I. It found me rather than me finding it. It's a tough, it's high, it's technical. There's 11,600 uh, 11, climbing both 
accent and descent. The race starts at 4 a.m. and has a 60-hour time limit. 300 runners can take part in it, and it is the 170-kilometer Mount Rosa. Now, on the website, when I was looking, I wasn't going to sign myself up. I had to be careful not to pull the trigger on this, Krista. But it looked it looks absolutely fabulous. The views that you 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 get, I think they do it. Um, I think it's the first week, fourth to the ninth of September, I believe it is. Like some extremely amazing sights. It encompasses the the Matterhorn that we that we know of. Um, you'll reach the Charles Coonan Suspension Bridge at just after dawn. Obviously, it's still dark at 4 a.m. You'll hopefully see the sunrise on the Visa Horn, which is 4,500 metres. Um, of course, one of the iconic scenes of the race is the Matterhorn, the most the world's most recognised mountain, rising up on the skyline. That um, a town or was a township near Matterhorn? It's uh, Zermatt. It is. And uh, leaving Zermatt, 40, after 41 kilometres, comes an enormous climb to the Swiss-Italian border. Um, the last two kilometres of that is a pass on ice where the Matterhorn becomes Monte C- uh, Cervino. This checkpoints the following. That's where a lot of the, um, the, lot of the runners, they stop and have their uh, Italian coffee. Excellent <laughs> flavours, they say, in that region. Um, and then it brings you down into the valley of Champaluk and, and the Grand Wild Traverse, um, which trails the south side of the Monte Rosa. I can tell you the, the pictures in this scene is amazing. It's a lot of running, though, Krista, and I don't think it's for you and I, my friend. For sure, for, for not for me. But, <laughs> but I'm going to look it up on the, on the web. Yeah, Mount Rosa, you can look up UTMC, the Ultra Tour mount, Mountain Race. It looks absolutely fantastic, and it is, of course, 170 kilometres. If I can bring 170 into, uh, into ice hockey, which I've done, and it come, comes none other, none other than Canadian Dave the Hammer Schultz. Does that name ring a bell? Not really, not really, to be honest. He is one of the best enforcers, uh, best enforcers, and on the fight card, they have him down for 170 career fights. The most against one player being nine against Gary Howitt. There we go, there we go, there we go. <laughs> if you must have seen some good old ding-dongs in your time. Yeah, but it's it's less and less now, but uh, but uh, for sure it's have been... Uh, it's been happen things. Uh, that's for sure. We we had. Uh, I have been so long time in 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 this uh, show now, so I see that in uh, in the highest level as in the lowest level. But uh, today, when you come up in in uh, high competition level, it's you can't do it because it's not allowed as it was uh, earlier before it was a part of the show yeah today it's given a big penalty and it's penal- yeah, a lot, a lot more severe, yeah, severity yeah, yeah. Now, correct me if i'm wrong i believe that if what the players go down on the ice it would normally mean that the referee would step in and pull the, yeah, pull the fighters yeah. apart and there's no yeah, more bl- no yeah. more blows would yeah. um will, and, and uh, if you if you threw the gloves you are out for the game so so before it was not like that you can throw the gloves and you can have a real fight yeah, uh, uh, and you'll get two minutes and that's it but but now today you are out for the game and you can be suspended for a couple of games, so it's not worth it. Yeah. Now, I was having a look earlier on um, before the show, and it was called... Normally normally Scott holds me back to talk about fighting and sport, but, <laughs> but tonight he's not here, so I've gone straight straight at it, my friend. There was a... Um, on, according to Wikipedia, must be right, the punch-up in Pistagne. Now, apparently, 
as I say, as, as, as I see it here, it was a bench-clearing brawl between Canada and the Soviet Union during the final game of the 1987 World Junior Ice Hockey Championships in Pistania, which, is in, which was in Czechoslovakia, now Slovakia, on January the 4th, 1987. A bench clearing ball. That's not just a one-on-one. No, but that's that's happened often when it's like this. It's it's um, it start with a, a fight between two or, or or somebody who do something you shouldn't do, like a hit from behind or or driving over the goalie or something like that. And and then a, a lot of players coming out and normally each player take care of each. each one. Oh, okay. And, so and, they go and, man and, on 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 their own marker. Yeah, and and. Not all of them take the fight. A couple of them do it, but it's it's less and less. It's less and less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was absolutely, and I'm and I'm sure there's been some been, been some big ones. What about in the the NH in the NHL? Do they have are, are they still having the the same number of fights, or are they as it e- easing off? No, there it's as well? it's also be more clean and more speedy. Before it was uh, handling about about uh, force and and uh, power. Now it's more speed, technique, and and uh, intensity. So it's less even there. Even if there is more belong to the show there than in Europe. In Europe, yeah. Now um, staying on today, we know today's Valentine's Day, fourteenth of February, twenty twenty four, and um, it's got one topic in sport in the history uh, in, in the world today. And it was on um, this day when in the Sarajevo Sarajevo Winter Olympics. Uh, winning the gold medal and earning the highest ever score for a single per, uh, performance. It's Jane Torval and Christoph, uh, Christopher Dean. And they are now, have just released, I think it's come out in the last uh, 24 hours, they're going to be hanging up their skates for good as they have um, announced their retirement. Now they're going to embark on one more final tour of the UK next year, which will be their swan song, and it'll mark 50 years since they have performed their skating partnership, which started in uh, 1975. So, wow, a massive, um, yeah, uh, a massive accolade to them. They had agreed it was the right time to stop skating as they were no longer spring chickens, which is yeah. pretty, which is pretty <laughs> fair, and, and you and I can relate to that. They became international stars after receiving 12 perfect sixes while skating to Morris Ravel's um, Bolero at the Zetra Olympic Hall in, in, in Sarajevo, as I said, and it prompted a standing um, ovation. And I actually heard, um, heard that they did another one a week later as well, um, and they actually got the perfect score of of of, of all. It's amazing. I uh, I work in in Lyon for for a couple of years, and Lyon is one of the center of the figure skating in in uh, in France, and I see them every day. It's fantastic what they're doing. Yep. Do you see when you're working here in, in in Luxembourg because you're working both with Tornado and with the the um, national team? Yeah. Do you see the ice skaters or, or Yeah, I, I meet them every day. Yeah. I meet them every day here. To be honest, I I didn't follow them so much, but but I see them every day and and uh, there is really athletes and they're working hard. Yeah. Now there must be because there's only one ice rink. Down we have two rinks in uh, Cockle Shower. There is two rings, a uh, 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 big competition rink, public rink, and one practice ring. One practice and they're exactly the same size? The, the ice is the same size, size yeah. uh, and, and of course the, the officially rink is bigger with the stairs and so on. Okay, I was under the impression that there was only one rink down there now, but, but even so, with the growth of, 
ice hockey, and there's been a phenomenal growth in the last three, four years um, in, in ice hockey. Do you are you fighting for what they call ice time? I guess. Yeah, I, I, it's always the problem because uh, uh, that's that's the the reality. You need to repeat to be better. And uh, we are not alone. There is a lot of ice sports in the in the rink. There is a public in the rink. There is a schools in the rink, uh, and uh, even with the two two pists, it's 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 not enough. Fully booked. Or, um... I'm happy for the for the to be in working here. And I, I think that Luxembourgish people don't don't really see it as me. It's a really nice rink. It's a really nice persons working there. They are in uh, good service minded. They do what they can. But they can't extend the hours, and and uh, unfortunately, the hours we can use is uh, everybody want to use it between five and ten. Yeah, of course, uh, that's so, the so, big time. So, so when the schools is over, when the people don't work, and and uh, uh, for sure, that's something really important to develop. The, the our sport at least or the other sports is also of yeah, course to get more uh, to get more ice yeah. um, ice time yeah. also on sport and the history in the world today it was on this day that uh, in 1966 where Wilt Chamberlain he broke the NBA uh, career scoring record at 20,884 points on birthdays well we got 1992 Christian Eriksson, Danish soccer midfielder, certainly not from uh, Sweden. Uh, played for Ajax, Tottenham, and to Milan, Manchester United um, right now, in, in, in fact, and also suffered a cardiac arrest on the field in 2021, didn't he? He was born on this day in 92, and he shares a birthday with Angel Di Maria, the Argentinian football player. I think he's playing yeah. at PSG, and also born on this day, 1987, is um, Edison Cavani, the Uruguayan football um, football striker. So it is a day for football a little bit like last week uh, last Wednesday we went through we had Neymar Tevez and Ronaldo all shared a, a birthday on the um, on the 7th of February also on this day a, uh, a famous golfer by the name of Mickey Wright she regretfully pa- passed away in, in 2020 she's an American golfer won 13 major titles 82 LPGA Tour wins which is quite phenomenal so um, they were also born on this day we're just going to take a little bit of a short break and then we're going to be back and we're going to be talking uh, everything that happens with, uh, with on ice hockey in Luxembourg and also Luxembourg abroad because I know you've um, you've been doing some pretty good things away outside of um, outside of Luxembourg as well, Krista. Okay. Now everyone around Australia will have their uh, own ideas on that, and uh, we always get letters and phone calls about different things that happen. So I don't expect anyone to agree with me. Uh, I don't expect uh, that you'll get more than 50% agreement on anything. Let me just tell you what I think about it. I think it was a disgraceful performance from a captain who got his sums wrong today, and I think it should never be permitted to happen again. We keep reading and hearing that the players are under a lot of pressure and that they're tired and jaded and perhaps their judgment and their skill is blunted. Well, uh, perhaps they might advance that as an excuse for what happened out there today. Not with me, they don't. I think it was a very poor performance. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Yep, indeed it was, Krista. It's quite a phenomenal moment back into the 80s where the Australians, they um, they bowled an underarm delivery at the New Zealander so he couldn't hit a six run uh, six runs to, to win the match. And uh, at the time, it's one of my famous or one of my favourite uh, um, 
sporting commentaries where Richie Benno, the commentator of Australia, he said it's one of the most disgusting things he's ever seen <laughs> in, in, in cricket, and he's, he's quite right too. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about Luxembourg and, and ice hockey, um, and in the later part of the show we'll get into a little bit about your, pers- your, your persona, how you got into it. Now we know that there's two clubs here, we know that there's Beaufort Knights that play in, in we'd probably call it an outdoor arena, I guess you could say, it's yeah, covered of course. Covered, but uh, not complete. They they have the difficulties to 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 have ice. I think uh, if I'm not uh, wrong, I think they have just ice for four months, four and a half months. And of course, uh, it's difficult to to develop. And they're growing also now. I talked to them uh, last week, and uh, they have about uh, 300 kids now playing. Uh, and and they are searching for ice time. Oh, gee, exactly. We're just we, talking about the ice time. Three hundred kids, and, and uh, we are about maybe eight hundred, and and uh, it's difficult to 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 handle it for sure. We need one day to figure out how we should do it because uh, you need to find a way between the quantity and the quality. Yes, yeah, very 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 good point. And you yeah. and, I, and I've and I've seen some other interviews that you've done or other other chats that you've had about. Uh, getting the best out of those, uh, out of some of the players, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So the Beaufort Knights, they play in the Belgian league. They play in the Belgian second league, uh, which I don't don't know very well mm-hmm. because uh, I'm not familiar with with that league. But uh, it's uh, it's probably at least in the in the second division as they play. Probably a little bit weaker than than uh, the D three in France where we play. We play yep. Yeah. Now they have, I believe, they have three teams up in Beaufort. Would that would that be right? Yeah, they they had. Uh, of course, they have the youngster team. Yes. But then they have three senior team, because we also have this LHL, the Luxembourgish uh, League. Which going on parallel with the with the um, with the leagues in France and okay. and uh, Belgium, or which we have uh, five teams in Group A and five teams in Group B. In the A A group, it's we Beaufort, uh, a team we called uh, Hurricanes, which is a combination of the best juniors in the country, and uh, we have two uh, Division Four teams. Which more or less hobby teams, yes. and Beaufort have their first team in the A group, and the two two other teams they play in the B group, where we have the the ladies and uh, and and uh, a lot of uh, games. So this is a good thing because a big promotion for the hockey in Luxembourg. That's, th- th- I mean, that's quite remarkable. Yeah, yeah. You, you've you've got two major are- uh, two. Arenas, let's say. Okay, yeah, but yeah, appreciating yeah. That, uh, that there's two um, rinks at, at Tornado, but to have a league with um, with with two groups yeah. is um, one thinks that that's quite remarkable. And do you know much about the juniors that they're doing? And 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 both all apart from they just have three hundred. They are they work they, with their they, school. They have they have a more. The most of them are young kids. Uh, let's say under thirteen and younger. Uh, I don't know exactly, but but uh, they have few kids in uh, age of fifteen to to twenty years, which is the, the junior old age, and uh, we have invited them to play with us in uh, in the uh, French league. So they are associated with our junior team in Luxembourg, which is the third club 
it's hurricanes, uh, which we, uh, let's, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> it's it's the it's the the um, huskies, 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 which which playing uh, taking care of all the kids hockey from beginners to the under 20. So that would go. So what are we starting at? Like under under fives, under sevens. Yeah, we have yeah. we have the uh, hockey school, which we, which start from five, and then we have seven. We have nine, eleven, thirteen, fifteen, seventeen, twenty, and when I come last year, they didn't have the twenty, and I say we need absolutely to make it twenty because we need to build a bridge between the minor and senior hockey. Yeah, and we did it now. It's the second year. It's a big success. They was in Sarajevo, playing their first ever time with the national under twenty national team, and it's a second. Finish second. Yeah. Oh, it's a fab. I mean. Yeah. Just just to go and take take part and get the experience is a feat within itself, but to finish second is uh, is, is is remarkable. So, what about them? Um, if we stay on to on, on Beaufort, they've got a, a women's team as well. There, they have kid. They have key, a lot of uh, girl kids who are playing hockey. I uh, I don't think they have so many uh, women play hockey. We have the women team in in Luxembourg, which this year start uh, officially competition in a German league uh, so they play but the, the women team is in a, in, a, in, a, in a process of starting they're working hard they're working good uh, but but uh, that's something we're going to come in the in, in, coming in, years in the, in, the, in the future let's hope yeah. so and if we come on to tornado you just said you, that you, we, we're playing in the the, the d3 I think they've got um, they've got several teams haven't they've got the pucks the Dukes and the silverbacks they love their names don't they and then of yeah, course yeah, you've got yeah. the huskies which we talked about more of the junior section yeah, yeah. independent from the tornado although still connected uh, per se Um as um, we know, you're involved with Tornado. Do you work specifically with, with also with with the Dukes and the Silverbacks as a as a team, as a coach, or have you? There's no, are there other personnel. No, no, no I I don't work with uh, those more hobby teams, which is belongs to the T- Tornado Club, but yeah. uh, they had other names, and it's more uh, uh, yeah hobby teams. Hobby teams. Uh, I don't work so much. I work close to them. We, we, we communicate. And I work more with the management of the structure of the hockey in Luxembourg. I work a lot with the Huskies because that's the, the, that's the future. The future. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the Tornado first team, national team. And I try to be as proud as I can to, to Beaufort, which, which uh, belongs to the, the hockey family and uh, have a good big part of the players in, in the national team because they had the particularity that they need to play with Luxembourgish players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, if I'm not wrong, they have just uh, allowed to have three foreigner in their uh, Belgic uh, uh, league. Uh, yeah. And we, we have more open. We can use uh, players, uh, any nationality. So we have a little bit more um, foreigner. And, and it's also natural because there is a lot of... Uh, Foreigner in working in in Luxembourg. Yeah, absolutely. There, there certainly is. Now, as I said earlier, um, Scott and myself have been fortunate to go up to the Beaufort Knights um, uh, rink, let's say, and we took a sneak peek behind the scenes. We met with uh, Liam McVoy, who does a yeah, yeah, who yeah. does a fabulous job in terms of promoting ice hockey in, in, sure. in Luxembourg, and uh, he was um, he got us into the changing rooms of Beaufort. 
Oh, I want oh. that one. Wow. Okay. I'm going, I was going to say because we know that Beaufort played Tornado. They went down 19 points to um, 19 goals to two. But does Tornado beat Beaufort when it comes to the sheds? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> we we have a good uh, facilities. Yeah. But we split with all the other clubs. Uh, and it's not because uh, they don't want to give us. It's just that it doesn't exist. Just how it is, yeah. And and uh, the, the 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 manager of the rink is worried about this problem. We talk about it. Uh, we try to do the best. They help us to renovate it a little bit to make some small adjustment for for us this summer. We are really pleased about that. But uh, for sure, uh, it's missed me to have the the real tools uh, to work in. And I hope we can have it soon because I'm used oh, with that yes. from all my uh, all my history. I, I always had that. I'm I'm the creator of the the lockers in Lyon, in Mulhouse, yeah. and and uh, even in, in in Rouen when I worked there. So so, so I n- know really what we need. So the so the <laughs> locker the locker rooms do play a big big part. If uh, for those that are listening, I'll try and give you an idea. Of course, it was it's it's a brick. Um, a brick room, but decent enough space. All the all the sticks would, um, yeah, uh, let's say, the, yeah, the hockey sticks would go go outside. The boys would be padded up. All they've got uh, enough stuff to leave their their their, their clean and their dirty. And boys, b- boy, to so some of that ice hockey gear, the boy, does it stink? Um, but there's plenty of, plenty of space for the guys. And then they've got the sound system. Oh, you know you're in sport when you when when you when you're in the in the ice hockey sheds and you got um, well whatever music it's normally rock isn't it that's yeah, the yeah, yeah. that's the choice but it's 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 uh, it's it's the second home and and uh, the hockey have a lot of gears they have a lot of equipment uh, you you practice several times a day sometimes several times a week and and uh, playing games and. Uh, for sure, that's that's something I hope will will change. Uh, I know that uh, everybody do the best they can to to help us, and uh, who knows? So when before a match, these boys are in there and they've got their ACDC or Lincoln Park, whatever it is, coming out these these the stereo system. At what point do you communicate with these guys? Because the, you, this, it would be impossible to communicate, or is it already done? On the Wednesday before, on the on, no. on the rink, our game a game day. We start always with a, with a meeting two hours before the game, before the puck drop. Yep. With a meeting where I go through the game, the lineup, the 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 strategy of the game. Uh, some some words about uh, last time we play against those uh, team or 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 whatever can be important to talk. Then each line have because in in hockey you have four lines. Three, okay, three of, 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 of attack, mid, and, yeah, yeah. and defense. No, it's no, it's four lines of five players who are on the ice on the same time. Those five players, you have two defense and three attack players, and they're changing about uh, every sixty seconds. So it's very speedy, oh, r- really, really they, they speedy. Are. And uh, you have so how many? So you're saying there'll be twenty players and uh, roughly twenty. Players? You can have twenty-two players on the roster. On, on the roster, mm-hmm. uh, that means twenty players and two goalies. Uh, normally, you play one goalie. Uh, you have a backup in case of, mm-hmm. and uh, then you're rolling on on two on three or, or, or four lines. Normally, in the level we are now, we roll on three lines. It's not so high tempo, but mm-hmm. you play in higher league, you need to go on four lines because it's really really intense. Yeah, and and 
after the first meeting for team meeting, you have a team, a group meeting for lines about their strategy. Uh, sometimes about if they have a role to play against some players in the opponent team or uh, or, or or performance for the day and combi- combination of the lines. And and then uh, they they put on the radio and I go and drink a coffee. You can go drink it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the moment where the players get to have their time, or really let's say yeah. motiv- motivate themselves. Because I can tell you, there was a lot of serious faces. I can't remember who they were, who they were playing on the day. Mich- Michelin, Michelin, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and there was some serious faces. So to be close to that action was really something special. And we got to thank um, obviously Liam for 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 letting us get um, so close. How important important is it for you as as national coach and even working with Tornado to have someone like Liam so personally in, invested in in the game and in the community oh it's it's really important the communication and the and the, the media is is it's essential for us to grow because if we can get out the message we we, we can't grow and Liam I learned to know him here and and, and he is often with us he work, working a little bit more with Beaufort because they have an engagement between yep. them but he he often come when we have some uh, national uh, uh, events ne- next next Sunday oh, coming up no Sunday coming up now we're going to have a a mini camp of one day in the, in in cockle shower with the national team uh, he probably will be around. Uh, yeah. we, we start up this summer uh, and uh, office sessions every week uh, with tests. Uh, they didn't have that before, but we do it uh, for, and we open it up, open it to for everybody in in Luxembourg. Yeah. So oh, wow. so 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 he was there filming and and uh, do a yeah. promotion. He did a, did a really good job with the uh, with a woman who was in Kuwait, I think. Okay, uh, yeah, that's right. They and, went and, recently. And they exactly. they win, win a cup there yep. and, uh, in a in a promotion tournament. Yep. Yep. Were you involved with helping the woman that did so well out in Kuwait? No, no, okay. I, I'm not around with them. I had I had make a plan for for the. Uh, the the um, tornado, all the tornado family, all the Huskies family, and all the national family, which I which I uh, call Vision 2030. Yes, because we need to to have something to to go for, and I'm. It's a period now. I present that for the different groups, but I didn't meet yet the the, the women's team. The women's team. Now I know you're a good uh, friend with one of uh, and and one one of my colleagues. He does a lot with with the Huskies, with the junior um, Mateus. How um, how crucial is it to even have um, uh, people, coaches, family like Mateus in the Luxembourg ice hockey family? It's crucial because we have we have uh, four coaches for the for the Huskies hockey, uh, all four working hard. The first thing I did last year it was to structurate the the, the functions, because that was uh, not really structurated. Now we have structuration of coaches, structuration of uh, development program, structuration of uh, ice times, and and uh, now this year we're working more to. To get the functions on those new structures and and uh, the step 
next step is to be more and more performance in the in the real sport development. Yeah. Now with so many coaches, because you're saying we've got like starting in under fives, under sevens, under nines, under elevens, thirteens, fifteens, seventeens, under nineteens, going up to under twenties. How does it? Does it, so would someone like let's say a Matthias would he would he obviously take two groups or would they split that between other other coaches? I create three pools. One pool is the initiation and the decovert of the the hockey. Matthias is responsible for that pool. He also have a a, a, a role with the, the the women's team, and then we had one coach taking care of uh, the 13, uh, 11, 13, which is the development pool, and then we have the competition pool fifteen to twenty, which we had another coach, and then we have a fourth coach who is still taking care of the specific things like goalies, like uh, strength, like uh, more 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 individual and, and individual um, stuff and let's talk about the the national team uh, the national team you did um, you, you you mentioned in the press that uh, that despite the let's say the score lines that that happened um, away you were very proud with the development and everything that was going on with with the team it was in South Africa I believe yeah we was in South Africa I, I had the chance to work a long time for the French national teams and and uh, it was the first time I, I discovered this level, uh, which is we're surprised to see ice hockey in South Africa. Yeah, and also <laughs> in, in in the opponent teams like Thailand, Thailand like, yes. uh, things like that. And and but but we was going there, and I, I was discovering what we had. We had we had a lack of uh, of players ready for the national team because the the Luxembourgish hockey in is in a big big. Uh, generation changes. Yes, uh, not just in national team, in the tornado, even in Beaufort. That's because it's so new, but growing, growing rapidly. Yeah, I, I think ag- I think it's several things. Uh, one thing is that in sport, uh, in collective sport, you have cycles, and when you have good team, they stay for ten years, and there is not easy for a young guy to come in or a young yeah. girl uh, yeah, to come in, and and then it's uh, suddenly they coming to the end of their career. So they start falling out or stop or whatever, mm-hmm. and you have not successively introduced the new generation. Then you have a big gap, and then in the middle of all this, uh, you have this COVID, who was uh, probably uh, big spanner, wasn't uh, it? That was that. That caused a lot for the sport. Yeah, very, for all sport, I think. Yeah, very, very much so, and. Because we, I mean, I can I can think of um, or look at situations. One that I'm close to with Scott being um, with rugby. We know that sometimes in a team sport, where particularly you could talk about 22 players being on the being on a rink at any or being yeah. involved in a match any time, um, or up to 22. That, how do you get all 22 players to be firing on all cylinders? Because we know that with with families and the uniqueness of Luxembourg, that it's hard to have everybody turning up and doing that amount of training week in and week out. When I come, the, or, or one of the reasons uh, Alan Schneider, the, 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 the federation uh, uh, president, uh, bring me here, it was that uh, they have gone into uh, the, to the wall a little bit. They had a f- very weak presence of practice, weak presence of development. And that was my first task to get... Uh, uh, to create a dynamic, to create an objective, to get the guys to understand what you should do. 
of course I did a couple of, of um, uh, sacrifices because I can't put in the, the quantity and the quality that I used with from from high level. Yeah, yes. I need to adapt the shows, the, the thing. But but today, today I can I can I'm I'm really proud that in the senior team until the youngest team, we we have always talking about a rise in the lowest level mm-hmm. and it's not the lowest level in the technical skills but the lowest level in presence in investment the lowest level of uh, of uh, implication uh, responsibility and today uh, we are almost complete every practice in the in the senior team I think even if it's amateur players I, I think that's a massive kudos to yourself Krista because and and those other sports that are listening out there there's a, you can take a, a leaf out of that 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 book. If there's a little bit of if there's a little bit of structure there, and there's that uh, that change, it doesn't happen just like this, as we know. But if you have those communication flows that you've just ta- just talked about, yeah. and and you know you wouldn't say good eggs and bad eggs as such, but v- very very quickly, let's say the the, the good eggs, the ro- the rise, and that consistency of wanting to be there and wanting to change, uh, wanting to be there and wanting to commit to 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 your training rather. Yeah, um, it comes, it's, doesn't it? It's the base of everything because because if we, if we can't sell the message, if we can't get the guys with us, if we don't have some objective, even if you play in the lowest level, even if you play in hop, hobby sports, you need to have a, a, a objective of why you do it. What you is need your, to feel the pleasure in what you're doing. Yeah, what is your why, as Eric the Preacher um, uh, says. We're going to take a little short break. We're going to come back. I've been fortunate enough to get some information from Julian Hanks, who's been at the World Championships in Doha. I've got a little report from him, and I've actually got a, a report from the world of squash. Good friend Johnny Williams, a former professional, now a pundit for the PSA, or actually a, a commentator and an analyst. I would argue one of the best analysts for squash. We're going to listen to them just after this break. Strongly up to almost halfway. She's three from the top. You can see Graham inside of her, probably in front. Mary's having a good run. This is where Kathy exploded in Atlanta. Graham's in front of her. Freeman's got work to do here. There's about 150 to go. Guevara and Mary are right up. It's going to be a big finish. Into the slate, Graham leads. Freeman runs up to her. Mary inside. Kathy lifting. Goes up to Graham. Takes the lead. Looks a winner. Draws away from Graham and Mary. This is a famous victory. A magnificent performance. What a legend. What a champion. What a legend, what a champion. That is Kathy Freeman, of course. Yes, I was telling you uh, just before that short little break that I've been lucky enough to get some uh, co- content from, from abroad. We have uh, Julian Hanks, who's at the uh, World Championships and swimming. He's out there in Doha um, as we speak, in fact. But he sent me a message uh, earlier today just to give us some information about what has been going on at the World Championships and a little bit about his performance as well. I shall uh, pass you over to Julian now. Let's talk sports team. Um, I'm very happy about my results at Worlds. Um, first of all, it's my best uh, placement, so 25th. I'm very happy. Um, it's middle of the season and actually like the beginning of the long course season. So to be as fast as early is very good. Um, it's a good sign, especially um, that I've been working more on a freestyle to qualify for the Olympics. Um, so I let the 50 fly a bit on the side. Um, but yeah, the, the times are really good, so my training is working well. 
and I'm really excited to yeah to start now the the 50 freestyle um, episode for the next few months for the 100 meter world record um, I wasn't in the pool so I didn't notice instantly um, we were at the hotel because Max was swimming his race the next day so we went to to bed early and we stayed in um, but yeah it's it's crazy I'm really excited how he's gonna swim today in the semifinals and especially tomorrow in the in the final if he can do the same result again um, he's super young I think he's 19 years old so very impressive um, and yeah it's crazy how how the sport can be and some people swim for 10 years and do it, do it and some people just yeah they they are so young and they come and then they break world records so it's very exciting um again I'm, I'm really looking forward to his individual race because in the relay you're always more relaxed and um yeah since you have like three guys behind you and it's it's a very different atmosphere so i'm, I'm really looking forward um, what he can do on his own and um, yeah if he can can get the title because it's it's always different to swim for a title um, so yeah let's see that is the wonderful Julian Hex and a very well done very he's very happy with his uh, finishing um, in 25th at the world champs in Doha many uh, many congratulations we look forward to seeing you back in fact when you come back Julian we will um, we will get you on the show that is for sure now as I as I just mentioned good friend of mine Johnny Williams out in Switzerland uh, former pro coach and analysis arguably the best analysis in squash I'm very uh, grateful that he has taken his time and uh, he threw in a few words about what's going on in the PSA, that is the Professional Squash Association um, in, in, in the world there, because there's some uh, phenomenal players that are doing really well. We know that squash is now an Olympic sport, and uh, we're going to see here a lot more information about squash. We're going to see it more on uh, more on TV, and uh, we are very, very fortunate enough to have, uh, to have, as I say, Johnny Williams pass on his uh, knowledge and expertise onto us. Here's, what, uh, here's Johnny's view of uh, what's been going on in the world of squash just recently. Johnny, are you there? Let's talk sport fans. Welcome to Squash John's PSA segment. And it has been absolutely action aplenty in the United States. In North America, the PSA Tour has been in full swing since the beginning of January. Florida was the first one, a gold event. The two winners there being Mustafa Asal, who's really trying to come back from that controversy that he had last year where he was suspended twice. He had a good win there in the final against Mazen Hesham. And, of course, uh, Hanir El Hamami took out Noren Gohar in another five-set absolute humdinger. Then we moved on to TOC, where Ali Farag, the most dominant player in the men's game, once again took the honours. He took out Diego Elias in the final. A magnificent match, 3-2. But it has to be said, when one really dives into the analytics and, and studies the stats, Farag was really in, had so much control over that match throughout the match. Elias is really finding, finding it very difficult to keep Farag off that short line, doing his web weaving, doing the Farag front court press, and Diego Elias looked very, very tired in the fifth game of that match. So Ali Farag continues to dominate the men's game. And in the women's, we saw something incredible, really. Noral Shabini, who was, has, has been known as the Warrior Princess, lead commentator on PSA Squash TV, Joey Barrington, he promoted her to Warrior Queen because 
in the semi-final, she injured her back against Hanir El Hamami. Didn't stop her, though. She went through 3-1. And then in the final against another arch-rival of hers, Noreen Goha, she was two love down with the injured back, managed to find her way through, through there, win 3-2, and take the uh, T TOC title. So Noreen Shabini, who is with eight world championships, recognised already as probably the greatest women's player of all time, continues to dominate the women's game. Now, into February, there's been a lot of action as well. Olivia Weaver is a name to watch in the United States. She's taken two silver titles, first in Cincinnati, and then last week she took the title in Detroit. Uh, upset result in the semis there. Rowan El Arabi took out Noran Gohar. So uh, Olivia Weaver was able to take advantage of that. On the men's side of things, uh, Diego Elias took out his fourth Motor City Detroit Open. And just uh, last week we saw in Pittsburgh... The baby-faced assassin, after also suffering an injury in December, he's come back well, and he took out that silver title, beating Marwan El Shabagi in the final. So, lots going on at the moment. Let's look out for Windy City coming up at the end of this month. It's uh, so much going on, so much to talk about. I'll be back next week to tell you more. Thank you very much, Johnny. Thank you very much in, indeed. Sounded like you're up in the in, in the hills there a little bit. There's no doubt. Every time I try calling him, we get a phone call with Johnny. He's always on a, on a run somewhere, and um, on on a hill. Perhaps he's uh, near the uh, the Matterhorn. I'm not really really sure where he was tonight, but uh, very grateful for your report. And uh, yeah, we look forward to next week because I tell you what, squash is at the moment. It's it's going off the rails. Uh, being a squash player myself, you can just see this level is just being intensified, intensified, and you actually come to a point. Can it get any better? Well, it can. We're still, uh, we're four years out from Olympics being in, in, in uh, Los Angeles in, in 2028. Um, and yeah, as I said, thank you, Johnny, for that uh, report. There is nothing better than hearing your good, sweet voice. And I'm sure you're listening to this, my friend. Um, staying on a little bit of uh, local sports is bad news for the Luxembourg national football team because Vincent Till, he's got a ligament injury and he's going to undergo surgery very shortly. He'll be absent for the all-important playoffs in the Nations League in March. This um, Tills is another hard knock for the offensive, um, the offensive plan of Luke Holtz, our national coach, with uh, Daniel Siani also being available, uh, unavailable as well because I believe he was, he was banned. Moving on to table tennis, Luxembourg Luka Mladenovic, he will leave his Bundesliga club FSV Mainz 05. His next move is unknown. We saw this um, earlier uh, earlier in the week on, um, on on his Instagram account. Moving on to darts. Now, despite, despite, despite the efforts of um, the ALR Talents Programme, youth participation in darts remains significantly challenging in Luxembourg. There's only 10 young talents that uh, take part in these tournaments, or the senior championships for that matter. But we have somebody to uh, thank, a, a teacher called Sebastian Lemmer, who happens to be the national coach for the Luxembourg's darts team. What's he done? He's put a darts board in the, in the, in, in the foyer there, and he's got a team. So, um, fortunately, the the national um, uh, the national federation have supported it. They've sponsored the boards. They've sponsored the darts, and some of these kids are taking time out. We've seen some photos. So let's um, let's look to the future, and hopefully, we can have a few Luxembourg uh, darts uh, darts players, perhaps representing us at uh, Ali Pali would be brilliant. Moving on to show jumping, and one of his first competitions with new horse Foxy de la Roque, Victor Bettendorf. He was able to win the three star Grand Prix in Valencia on the weekend. He was amongst forty one starters, and uh, yeah, indeed, he uh, he won that event. Um, now he remains um, 
he, he remains right up in one, one, one of the top European uh, contenders. He's had a fabulous season last year, Victor Bettendorf, and um, yeah, he was able to go through without a penalty point at all in, uh, in, in the competition on the weekend. Moving on to basketball. Basket Ash went into the match against Residence Wolfer without Clancy Rugg and Jordan Hicks. It didn't pay off, and Wolfer gave them a tonking, 103-73. to 73. It was Leon Ayers who contributed 33 points for uh, Residence. Mama secured a crucial 93-85 victory against AB Conta, keeping their playoff hopes alive. While Steins all the lead leaguers, they clinched a thrilling 95-89 to 89 victory on the road against the Moselle Pikes. T71 do launch. They suffered their fourth consecutive feat, losing at home to Gavin Love's Estella Ettelbrook, even though the guests played without national player Philip Galton, uh, Galtenhoff. Now, as I mentioned earlier in the show, on Sunday at the indoor meeting in Paris, Patricia van der Vecken, who has qualified for the um, uh, Olympics in Paris, she, um, she won uh, her 60 metres with a time of 7.5 seconds, and she outpaced Britain's Daryl Nitas, um, who finished with 7.16, and Switzerland's Geraldine uh, Frey. Are you um, tempted to go and have a look, Krista, at the Paris Olympics in a... In a yeah, few months' time, I would like, I would like, and and uh, I I look uh, what I can do and what uh, what, what I can. What's on the agenda? Yeah, uh, and and um, after you need to find the finance because it's not for free. Yeah, yeah, no, that's <laughs> right, that's right, Ab- absolutely. So obviously, ice hockey won't be in this year's Summer Olympics. We can we can agree on that. But have you been to an Olympic event? Have you seen? Have, have you seen? Actually, the- I I was coaching the last time the the French team was in Olympics in Salt Lake City. It was long, wow, long away, 2002, if I remember. And uh, I know that the, the, the French team going for qualification soon. I don't remember the dates, but uh, I really hope they come back because uh, since that, that Olympic, they have never ever done it again never done again alright so while we can finish off with the last few minutes let's get into the questions that we really really want to know know about I know we've had you on here for almost an hour now Krista and it's getting late it is it is Valentine's Day of course and there might be those uh, wonderful box of chocolates or a pa- perhaps those roses on your front doorstep when you get when you, when you get home from your lovely wife hint hint what are three words to you that define ice hockey uh, oh, that's a question. I, I, I mean that that it's it's uh, hockey is is uh, for me it's all the team sports. That's that's the, the essential in the, in all this thing. I, I like to be in a team to build something. For me, it's not it's the victory is is of course something you want, but it's more to create something to build something together. The the real satisfaction is when you know that you have built something together. Build something together. Unity would would be the word that um, uh, stands out. And actually, my my next question, which you've already answered, and it was, was, do those three words, do they define and correlate with your job and coaching? Well, actually, to be quite honest, you've answered that in the first first part of the the, the show very very much so. The the rapid inclination that the sports had is probably not the right word there. Uh, Johnny Williams would correct me, but the the rapid rise in in ice hockey, we're seeing it in the the media a lot more yeah, yeah. We, we can see it in the performance we can see it in the number of number of kids you were just telling yeah, me for sure so for sure. absolutely that works what about Chris yourself what got you into ice hockey as a, as a, as a young lad was it just because you were uh, Swedish origins 
maybe, but uh, mm-hmm. but I, I coming from a very small town in, in Sweden, and and uh, I coming from something similar in Beaufort in Sweden, and and and, uh, and Sweden, as you probably know, is known for for their sports. Uh, um, yeah, we are good in all the sports, almost comparing with the size of the country. Of course, it's bigger than than Luxembourg, but yeah. uh, we are in the top world world top on on a lot a lot of different sports because it's a it's a culture, a society. You do the sports, yeah. and and I did everything. I even tried squash one time. You even tried squash, but 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 I broke in the nose of my friend. So with a but with a good swing, with a good swing, with a good swing. Uh, yeah, with a, with a, it wasn't it wasn't excessive in any. Yeah, in, in any I stop after, but but well, anyhow, <laughs> but but uh, I try all the sports and I I I played soccer and and hockey all my uh, all my growing up and 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 I was stop soccer when when I start to be correct in in hockey and i didn't play in the highest level but i play in the second level of of sweden and uh, then i had an injury when i uh, come around 20 years old uh, i broke in my shoulder and I, i need to stop one complete season and during that season the the, the president of the club uh, i don't know really i don't remember why he asked me to coach a youngster team and there, i start to go to courses for coaching and i i think i was good but i had a chance to have good kids so <laughs> so 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 so, so uh, i had a quick career as a coach uh, and and growing up quickly and and uh, get some some professional contracts in sweden and and one day Uh, one of my former coaches who have gone away have been national coach in Sweden, Denmark, and and even in France. He called me and he say, "Hi, Christer, I see you are coach now, and I see it's going good. You need to come with me to France." So that's what's happened. So I do my career in France actually. So, that, so most of your your coaching yeah, yeah, career has been yeah, in France. You yeah. were telling me earlier before the show yeah. you've been to thirty. 30, 30, 30 years, year this, this, 30, this year. This year, 30 years, yeah. and, you, and, you, uh, and, and, and your family are residing in, 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 uh, down a bit south in the beautiful area of Malouche. You're lucky. Oh. You're, lu- you're, lu- you're lucky. So it's a I, lovely, I, lovely area. I've I, I done it, uh, several clubs in, in France. I, I work uh, my, my first club with Reims, Ross, uh, Reims, mm-hmm. and, and then uh, I moved to Tours, and then to Lyon, and then to Rouen. <laughs> Uh, uh, and then to Mulhouse, and then to Paris for the national team for six years, and then I was uh, going two years to Denmark because I was champion in France and was recruited to Denmark. But then when our kids should start school, we moved back to France. My wife is is French. Well, I can certainly tell you that it's been an absolute pleasure to have you in the studio with me tonight. I could go on easily for another hour, but regretfully, I've just seen the time and we're just uh, we're just clocking the hour. And I might get a smack on the on 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 the wrist. We're going to have you back on again, Chris. So that's for sure because we, we we haven't even really delved into the in, in, into the what the really f- bit more detail into the future. Obviously, your background um, as well. But I can tell one thing that I've learned from tonight, and and, and that is Luxembourg is very happy to have you from my from from my words and what we've got here we can see that uh we can just see that the amount of experience that you can bring into this community we can already see the positive changes like as i say luxembourg and and and, and uh, the ice hockey community are very very fortunate uh, to to have you like they are with many sports well look we look around and let's talk sport is but you know we're, we're at show 170 tonight and uh, some, some phenomenal athletes and some phenomenal 
people, volunteers that have been in, in the game. So, Krista, thank you very much for joining me in the studio tonight. And I look forward to having having you having you back and sharing with a, a bear with you at the next um, ice hockey game uh, that uh, Scott and I can big come down pleasure. to. With big pleasure. Thanks to invite me. Um, that is the wrap for tonight. We've got to um, thank all those army of volunteers, and Krista would agree with me that uh, that that help that make our sporting uh, world, uh, sporting world in Luxembourg tick. Go to check out the regulars tomorrow. You got Sam Steen at six. You got Steps at twelve, and we have uh, uh, Melissa at um, at three o'clock. Until Sunday show, it's a big chirp. Let's talk sport with Scott Brown and Nathan Snade.